Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hello, everyone. I am Kama, and you can find me at the hyphen real hyphen comma splice on Tumblr. And I am joined by Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. Eon. Hey, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And our guest Elise. Hi, I'm Elise. I'm barely underscore legible on Instagram, and barely legible on Tumblr. All right, so tonight we're going to be covering the Turncloak um, from A Dance with Dragons, which I believe was my pick for a favorite chapter. Although it turns out from rereading it that my favorite part is like a tiny bit at the very end. So that was a surprise. Um, oh, anyhow, yeah, well, I mean, it turns out there were other things to enjoy. So it was the end of my world there. Um <laughs> Um, okay, spoiler warning, um, I'm not really sure what we could be spoiling at this point, but we spoil everything from the books and the show, potentially, so, yeah, I guess get out now. And, um, as always, trigger warning, uh, for potential discussion of things like rape and violence, and this chapter in particular has some, um, pretty unpleasant and dark stuff. Um, Although not as bad as a lot of Theon's chapters in this book. This is true. Um, yeah, very true. It wasn't there- as bad as that Veramere Six Skins chapter we covered the other day. God. Oh my God. <laughs> what is? Did I dodge a bullet by not being on that one? <laughs> oh. Okay, so if you listen to Veramere and got through that, you should be fine. If you don't know what we're talking about, it, it there's some abuse stuff in here. Uh, okay. So the chapter opens up, um, it's from Fionn's POV, and basically Roos and his bannermen, um, they're having what sounds like breakfast in Winterfell. Um, Theon does not get any flavorings for his porridge. Um, sorry, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> um, I didn't, I've never heard of anyone putting butter in there. That was a little weird. Oh, um, like in your, like your oatmeal? Yeah. I always put butter in my oatmeal. <laughs> really? Is it good? Yeah, like, really. Like oatmeal and, and grits? Yeah, and grits. Yeah, yeah. I, put, I put butter and like sugar and cinnamon. So it's kind of a, like, I need the salt of butter. Side note. <laughs> I'm going to try that. Um, Theon gets nothing. He just gets his, his plain old gruel there. Um, okay, anyhow, which is not really the main point of this chapter. Uh <laughs> We learn that Stannis and his men are not doing real well with the snow and the weather, and um, Theon reflects that the Bolton contingent, I mean, Roos laid in a lot of supplies, and Winterfell is warm, everybody's well-provisioned. Theon, of course, is not as comfortable as the people who, you know, the Boltons with the situation, and um, he also notices that the Freys, who are in residence, don't seem that comfortable either, um particularly given since they're not used to the snow 
And also we get the reference to the missing phrase and also the reference to um, Wyman Manderley, I guess, misses uh, the meat pies and rather have those than the um, porridge he's having. And uh, basically there's a lot of reflection going on. Um, Jane, I'm not, I'm not calling her fake Aria, but basically Jane is, <laughs> you know, Theon has, realizes his position's pretty precarious because he's given her away at the wedding and really they don't need him for anything. Um, I didn't really remember that he had been looking for a way out, um, but he's like, all the doors are all locked up tight and he re- he thinks like even if he could get out there's really nowhere he could go i don't have any questions here so if people have <laughs> thoughts this is your chance to talk chime in uh, i don't know i mean it kind of is what it is i don't know i'm not a huge theon fan so maybe someone else has something to expound on mm. No. I mean, this is, I, I think my thoughts might make more sense at the end. This is one of my favorite Theon chapters. I do kind of like Theon. Um, so I did, you know, I did notice that this is where, like, even though he's he's Reek and he belongs to Ramsay and all that, this is where he's sort of starting to go. Like, he calls himself Theon a few times here. And this is one of those chapters where he finally kind of reflects on all the things that he's done. So I feel like it's the the first glimmer of him in in his you know heroic act to come i guess um i think yeah. he's reasserting his identity I yeah mean, he, he's got a part of him that keeps trying to shut that down but um so that part's kind of interesting um we we learn that jane Ramsey pretty much has Jane locked in her her bedroom or the bedroom I should say and he makes Theon attend her at times and she's basically if you watch the show anything that happened to Sansa is you know this is where they got it you know she's uh, Jane is abused she's been you know she's got bruises all over her body she's desperate she's trying to get him to help her um but Theon has this conditioning that keeps kind of kicking in and um, he's also worried about what's going to happen when Ramsey gets bored of Jane which is, it's all so grim and, and this is where I'm going yeah really I picked this chapter what the hell was wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, can I just take a moment and say I I'm not 100% sure that I've ever reread this chapter since the first time I read it so yeah these are these are these were hard for me the first time through and they're hard now yeah, mm-hmm. I I did really love. There's a there's bits in here about like, okay, so I live in the frozen north, and I I kind of loved how the locals are are kind of like reminiscing about which winter is worse, you know, which was the worst winter they've lived through, and how bad is it now? And I kind of get the sense they're almost. I mean, that's true. It's legit. Like the winter is bad, but there's also a little bit of let's freak out the the southerners a little bit (laughs) yeah that's something we totally do where i'm from (laughs) yeah it's like oh you think this is bad man um anyhow um and now of course i realize who the hell this was the first time i read this i had no idea but um theon's sitting there eating his his plain porridge and um 
he starts getting some attention from one of um, the singer's washerwomen. Um, and the singer, if you don't know what, if you haven't read ahead, the singer is Mance, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. the, the washerwoman, Rowan, is um, one of the spearwives. I was confused why a singer would have washerwomen. Did, did that? Well, I mean, I think it's kind of code for him being their pimp. Oh, okay. That makes right? way more sense. Am I wrong there? No, that's kind of how I've always read it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, but she keeps trying to talk to him. She's appealing to his vanity. She's trying to get him to open up, and he's just, he refuses to respond. And Which was awkward. Did everyone kind of feel awkward about it? It was weird. It, well, it's weird because we still don't 100% know exactly, do we, in, in which way Theon considers himself castrated. I mean, because he kind of talks about some sexual arousal here, and you're just like, what is left? What's going on? I don't yeah. really understand it. I was wondering about that, too, because I, I started to go like, wait, like, that has happened, right? Like that. I don't, I think it's like, I don't think it was ever confirmed. I think it, like, people don't know if it's entirely a show thing. Well, I guess it was never really confirmed in the books. I mean, we assumed that he was castrated because of the way that he talks. And he talks about not being able to do certain sexual things. And yet he talks here about being aroused, which I realize that that can be a a mental and emotional process. And I don't have a penis, so I'm not really 100% sure how all that situation works. Maybe it's like phantom limb, you know? Could be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. It just kind of opened up the the idea that we actually don't really know what's going on there. (laughs) No, I thought the same thing. I just literally typed into the we so so little um, background for you guys like when we do these podcasts as we're as we're doing them like um, if we think of things that might be cool for the episode description we jot them in there and I just wrote Chicky doesn't have a penis which I don't yeah. think is actually <laughs> I gonna realize I realized that's probably going in the description now so I don't know maybe maybe that I also wrote in phantom limb syndrome so maybe we'll use that instead but. <laughs> stay um, tuned. I, don't, I think it's inferred, and I just, I don't think we know how extensive or what exactly, I don't know. Anyhow, it's a weird conversation, and then he has some super dark thoughts. Like, I'm not going to read this passage aloud, but it's basically, like, he want, he talks, like, about sexual assault and wanting to sort of wipe the mocking smile off her face, and it's like, oh, man, that's grim. Yeah, it's, he, yes. Yes, he both wants to, like, kiss her and, like, beat her. He is, yeah. Um, fortunately for us, this does not actually happen. Um, he holds off. He goes outside and into the ruined part of Winterfell. And then there's more conjecture, which I think is exposition about, like, the situation with Stannis. And basically... He's like, if Stannis tries to take the castle by force, it's just, it's not going to happen. Um, which, again, in, in, you know, retrospect is sort of setting up the situation, which I think I totally missed the first time around. Um, well, it's interesting how Rowan was trying to get out of him how he did it? how he conquered Winterfell, clearly because Mance wants to know how to pass it on to Stannis. 
Um, and then to have him go outside and think about how the way that he did it wouldn't work now. Yeah. Um, well, and how exactly would Mance tell Stannis? Like, I, I mean, I guess I'm thinking like once Theon leaves with Jane here in a few chapters, like where's the singer and the washerwomen? Are they still there? Do they well, go with them? They're, uh, I mean, what, well, you mean, well, according to what we hear from supposedly Ramsey, aren't they all dead? Yeah, but I think we don't know that that's true. That's the pink letter you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. I know the show kind of made him into like the super villain until he wasn't, but I'm kind of inclined to think that that note is not exactly 100% accurate. But although we did get those uh, Cliff's notes from one of George's um, scripts that kind of give a slight hint that it might be actually just what it appears to be on the surface. So, well, until we get the book. You know what? It didn't happen. There you go. That's a good attitude to have. Um, We also, I mean, like we know, well, I'll get to it in a second. Um, I think there might be some other forms of communication, but again, I, like when they talk about things, like even if they could get like a raven out, which seems unlikely, when they talk about that, it doesn't sound like those are like, I mean, it sounds like it's a scroll the side of, of like a post-it note basically. So I don't know. Yeah, I always assumed it was tiny. How you're communicating, but... I am assuming that he's got some way to communicate out. I mean, you know, like, they sent sent Mance here for this. Yeah. I mean, also because of, of, you know, what they think is Arya, but, I mean, Mel was in on it, so... Oh, that's true. I assume there's a Stannis angle here. I never thought about that until this moment. I might jump ahead a little bit but there's there's a lot of hints here that not everybody in this castle is besides theon is 100 percent happy with the situation um so it's possible there are other people who are kind of smuggling out information um well and i think we have to keep in mind this is manderly post his final discussion with davos right yes because remember he so he asks, or what did he do? This is like the Frey Pie thing is all gone down. Because that's yeah. why the Freys are all worried about their kinsmen who have disappeared mysteriously. <laughs> and Manderly is yeah. like, you know, apparently not, in, you know, he's remembering the pies with fondness. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is, I don't have a lot of passages I wanted to read, but there is this one description that I read and then it like hit me that because one of my other favorite chapters was the Sansa one, you know, with the snow in the snow castle. Mm-hmm. And um, this passage kind of reminded me of that. Um, so it, it begins, um, snow was falling on the godswood too, melting when it touched the ground. Beneath the white cloaked trees, the earth had turned to mud. Tendrils of mist hung in the air like ghostly wh- ribbons. Why did I come here? These are not my gods. This is not my place. The heart tree stood before him, a pale giant with a carved face and leaves like bloody hands. A thin film of ice covered the surface of the pool beneath the weirwood. Theon sank to his knees beside it. Please, he murmured through his broken teeth. I never meant. The words caught in his throat. 
save me, he finally managed. Give me what? Strength, courage, mercy? Snow, snow fell around him, pale and silent, keeping its own counsel. The only sound was a faint, soft sobbing. Jane, he thought. It is her sobbing in her bridal bed. Who else could it be? Gods do not weep, or do they? It's just... It's a really beautiful passage. I mean, it's a little creepy, but it's... See, this is... I actually, I love Theon's whole walk through Winterfell. Like, everything even leading up to this, where he stops in, you know, the chamber that used to be his. And, you know, there's snow blowing in a window. It's not even a usable room anymore. And Lady Catelyn's sept. And I love this whole thing. And for him to end there... um, it is. It's just kind of beautiful and haunting and poor little broken Theon is, you know, I don't know that it means, I don't know what it. Well, means. isn't there a theory that when he's in the Godswood, Bran is watching him? I would buy that because, I mean, I, isn't the Godswood, like, where is it in relation to everything else? Like, could he actually be hearing her? Like, that seems very that seems improbable. Unlikely. Yeah. Because like, he's in the... First, he's in the old part of the castle where nobody else is. Then he's in the um, the Godswood, which I don't think is in. I mean, it seems like unlikely. It seems like it, it has to be somebody else. And maybe it's Bran or maybe it's echoes of something else or something. It, it just doesn't seem like it would be Jane. I'm sure she's sobbing. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he could hear that. Well, Barbary talks about her sobbing. But it, yeah, I think the question is, could they hear it from where he's at? I don't know. Um, there's, and this is what I was alluding to earlier. Then there's this bit about there are these snowmen that someone has been building or sculpting and they resemble, um, Wyman Manderley, Harwood Stout, Barbary Dunstan, and man who rejoices in the name of Horsebane Umber, (laughs) who I totally forgotten. Um, and I guess there's a, I kind of did a little digging by which I mean I googled and saw something on Reddit that this is like they think this is a signal to let people know who's in the castle yeah yeah that's a theory um this this is where we come down to we really don't know who's communicating what with who all we know is that basically we can't take for granted that anyone is loyal to Roos here (laughs) like other than you know, his own men. And even then, who knows? I mean, it's a question with Barbary Dustin. It's a question with everybody. Well, it's not a question with like Manderley. We know that Manderley's not with him. Well, and the Umber guy is like, they've got the great John and a hostage. So it's sort of implied that he really. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Um, he's not, he's not there because he thinks Roos is the best thing ever. He's there because <laughs> yeah. he's trying to keep his kinsmen from getting killed. Um, so this is actually my favorite part of the, pa- of the chapter that I was thinking yeah. of when I selected it. Um, so basically, he ro- he goes back inside and he runs into Barbary Dunstan, who basically makes Theon take her into the crypts. And it sounds like it's, first of all, it's freezing. It sounds like it's dark and it's spooky as hell, but she, she doesn't care. She's going down there. And um, she's such an odd duck. I love her so much and I'm so bitter that they didn't they didn't use her in the show, but um, they go down in the crypts and she basically tells, well, first she, although I don't understand, 
I don't think she understands the relationship that Theon has with Ramsay because she seems to be telling him that, you know, he's got to tell Ramsay to be really careful about what he's doing to Jane or Arya. Um, well, because... don't, you feel, don't you feel like she's trying to suss out what his relationship with Ramsay is a little bit? I think she is, but it just seems odd that it would even be a question given what's happened and his reaction. I mean, like she, she was there for the wedding. I mean, and he was, he wouldn't let anyone bathe him. He didn't want to, you know, (laughs) but as she correctly susses out, he loves the Starks. So I think that's where the question is. So she gives him this really kind of um, benign secret about herself that she hated Ned Stark and won't let his bones get up to Winterfell, which, you know, we can debate whether or not that is, uh, true on its face it probably actually is but what does that mean about her loyalty i don't know but she gives him this and it, it's fine if this gets back to Roos. Roos is going to be great with this you know yeah so it it's a, a safe, safe thing for her to say and to kind of see you know where things go from there and maybe see where theon's real loyalties lie i think yeah i mean she's a smart cookie i mean you don't get to keep power as a woman without a Mm -hmm. husband or a son um, in Westeros, unless you kind of know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, she does, she talks later on about her husband having like kin. So it wasn't like there was no one around and she's, I mean, she's sort of been in charge of um, uh, what's its place, Uh, her castle or her whole, you know, her lands for like 15 years. So she must know what she's doing. Um, there's this interesting bit where they go in when they're in their crypt and um, Barbary finds out or notices that a lot of the swords for the statues are gone. Um, and um, Theon has this, uh, he basically says that the sight disquieted him. He had always heard that the iron in the sword kept the spirits of the dead locked within their tombs. Wasn't that from whenever Bran and and Rickon and, and company. Yeah. And they took it was the, when they were the hiding down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it is. But I'm just this. There's a bit in Game of Thrones about the, the swords keeping the dead mm-hmm. quiet. Oh, and, yeah. They did mention it. Hmm. I don't know. I think the part what I like about that little section is. So I I love I do actually quite love Theon overall, but it's kind of nice as the reader to be in that moment of like, aha, you had no idea. Like we know that it's because Bran and Rickon they were hiding right under your nose, and you had no idea, and you still and you deserve to be creeped out. You know, like <clears throat> it's just a little thing. I don't know. Well, like that he does that Theon deserves to have the ire of of the Winterfell ghosts, basically. Of, yeah, of the kind ghosts of. of the Starks. Yeah, in that moment, yeah. Like, do you feel haunted? Because you should be. Yeah, I guess I was. I think I was thinking that in the larger scheme of things, like with you know the um, the whites and all that, if there's some significance. Yes, we'll never know, but oh, yeah, we may find that out eventually. Actually, yeah, I, I, I mean, I remember that the Bran and Mirror and all that that they took the swords, and I, it was just more. I was thinking like, because there's the bit in Game of Thrones. I, I remember when I did my reread a couple of years ago, going, oh, 
Oh, the swords. They do something. <laughs> but um, there's the conversation Chicky alluded to between Barbary and Theon about the Starks and, you know, why does he love them? Why she hates them? Um, there's an incredibly wonderful, awkward conversation. I, I mean, I know it's a harmless thing, but it's like poor Theon. I mean, first he had Roos basically giving him TMI about how Ramsay was conceived, which, you know, there's this old middle-aged guy telling you this shit, and now there's this old middle-aged woman, <sighs> you know, sharing these, these ex- I mean, this whole bit about how Brandon kept his sword, you know, sharp enough to sit, shave a woman's pubic hair. I mean, real classy guy. And um, I, I also love, because I think this is, I think this is, I understand what you're saying, Chicky, but I think this whole conversation about her relationship with Brandon and, and even Ned, I think there's quite a bit of truth here. Oh, um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yes. That she loved Brandon, or they were lovers, I should say, and that her father was trying to marry her off, and Rickard and his um, Southron ambitions. I also love the little nugget that, you know, the father would have settled for her being married to Ned, and that that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Callan, yeah, she got, got him as well. Yeah. See, this is, I mean... Oh, I lost my train of thought. Continue. Sorry. (laughs) I I, I also, I mean, I think her bitterness about her husband going off with Ned and and this business of feeding Ned's bones to her dog. I, you know, I can see her like being allied with the Starks for the same reason that half these men are allied with Roos, but that she really just (laughs) did not like him. (laughs) Well, I, I think one of the keys here is, before she goes down, she tells Theon that the Starks that she likes are all down in the dead. crypts or they're all yeah. dead. And so it's like she she clearly has some um, divided loyalty. And then there's also the fact that when she was, you know, escorting Jane, who she thought was Arya, I think Theon's not sure if she knows it's Arya or not. But, um, you know, she seemed to be pretty nice to her. Um, yeah. So, you know, how, how how where does her loyalty really lie? We really don't know. Yeah, that's kind of why I love her. See, and I, yeah, I love her. I actually, this is my favorite part is here towards the end. And I've always gotten the impression or assumed that I've gotten the impression that she was close enough to the Starks that it's kind of like, you know, when you're not as close to it, if, if someone's an acquaintance, an acquaintance of yours, it's easy for you to go, oh, yeah, they're great. They're wonderful. But like, the more you get to know them, you can be like, oh, well, he's all right, but he's a dick, you know, and like. I, I get the impression she actually knew this family somewhat well um, and that she does know it's Aria. You know, I think she, I would say definitely, but she knows it's in her best interest to play along for now. That's the impression I got is that she knows. And well, it's she, just. Yeah. And I mean, she clearly knew, I mean, she knew Brandon definitely in many ways. And she also knew, um, <laughs> I think there's a ways. reference to, um, in the Liana. biblical sense. Like, you know, yeah. they, were, they were like at, where, what the hell? I cannot. Baratown? Thank Baratown. you. Yes. <laughs> um, that they had, I mean, so she knew that generation. She definitely knew mm-hmm. Ned. She knew Catelyn because she's, re- I mean, you don't, mm-hmm. usually you're not that bitter unless you've, you've met the person. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, 
I don't think Jane has this really strong resemblance to Arya, does she? I mean... Well, no, Jamie was able to recognize it in his chapter. Like when she's leaving King's Landing, somebody, I forget the circumstances, but he kind of passes her and someone's like, oh, that's Lady Arya going off to marry Roose you know, Ruth Bolton's bastards. And he thinks to himself, like, that's not Arya. I saw Arya. I know what she looks like. That's not her. But yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, in his, you know, in his mind, it doesn't matter. But. Well, and she's Ruth's sister-in-law. So she's got to know what a wily son of a bitch he is. So. Well, she I, does. Because yeah. she, she, not only was she his brother-in-law, but, you know, she clearly is not happy about the fact Our that Ramsay has been elevated. Oh yeah, sister. <laughs> she's clearly not happy about the fact that Ramsay has been elevated to where he's been elevated because the thing is she um Domric was her nephew who she helped raise. She actually yeah. fostered him and she loved him and is very yeah. upset yeah. about the fact that that Ramsay clearly killed him. Yeah. And so that's why her loyalties are really a big question mark because she has reason to absolutely hate Ramsay. So, it's hard to know. I mean, I tend to think that she's loyal to the North and the Starks, despite the fact that clearly she has a personal grudge against Ned. There's no question about that. I I mean, like, whether she's actually going to feed his bones to her dogs, I don't know. Might be true, might not. Well, I think she could do both, and I think she knows that. (laughs) I mean, it's the kind of thing where, like, you know, you know, she could... Yeah, I think she could do both. Um... So the I chapter basically ends with her warning him, you know, don't say anything about what they discussed. And he's like, you know, he said he he understands. And she's like, Bruce, Bruce has trained you well. And then she just leaves him in the crypts. So what could be the point in her telling Theon about in particular her relationship with Brandon. Like what aside from just exposition for the reader, I mean is there a greater purpose to I that? I think it's just flavor for us and the fact yeah. that she's clearly the kind of lady who has these conversations with total strangers some mm-hmm. of the time. God, can you like picture her just like randomly I, I think it's also a power thing. Like he is powerless. To like go, you know, I don't really want to hear this. He can't leave. He, I mean, you don't really have a choice with those things. Um, and she knows it. And I mean, it's, I think it's, it's like a very double barreled thing. Like, I think mm-hmm. she's got these feelings. I'm sure being in the crypts stirs something up other than, you know, just try and figure out where his loyalties are. He can't complain. He's got to listen. <sighs> I don't know. She's such well, a... yeah, I mean, she's she's walking and chewing gum. I mean, there's more than one thing going on yeah. here. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, like, clearly, number one, had genuine feelings for Brandon, is upset that Brandon died, is upset that Brandon didn't choose to marry her, and, you know, has mixed emotions about all of that, and clearly knew the Starks, clearly, the reader is meant to question, okay, where does her loyalty really lie? Because we know... We know two different things about where her loyalty could be. And it's like she has reasons to be angry with both the Starks and the Boltons. So, you know, where where is she at? We don't really know. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts? Um, one, one thing I've just been thinking about, I've noticed this a lot with his writing, especially with losing Maidenheads. It seems like 
apparently, whenever somebody loses their maiden hand, head in here, they nick an artery. I mean, there's always <laughs> so much blood. <laughs> what is up with that? Well, I think we've established that George is 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 not well versed in how vaginas work. That's true. I mean, maybe he's just never been with a virgin. I or never had a conversation with a woman about or did any reason. Well, I mean, this is the man who had the whole cinnamon up the the vulva thing. So you know, yeah, maybe. But I feel like it's a problem in other literature too. Like he's definitely oh, yeah. not the only one. Yeah, where somebody they make it seem like there's just going to be waves of blood and it's like yeah. oh, no that's not how any of this works i mean you're gonna get an email from somebody who's like well actually <laughs> it's such a weird thing for a, i mean for any woman to be like remembering with i mean the bit about the sweet pain sure i i get that but i mean doesn't she she actively remembers how her blood looked on his uh, Brandon's penis, and it's just like yes. it's just like I don't think so. No, yeah, it's not what I you're mean, thinking about. I don't think. Feel free to write in and tell us if. You, <laughs> <laughs> you, like, I feel, no, I feel like that is a thing that George likes to do, though, because I'm also where these people, you know, this could be a, a relationship from when they were children, essentially teenagers, like this is the equivalent of a bunch of 30, 40 something year olds, like reminiscing and making big decisions based on like how their high school sweetheart relationship turned out. You know what I'm saying? Like granted the stakes are much higher in this universe, but it's everyone's so hung up on it. Like I think about the, the girl from um, the Duncan egg books god what was her name like the ro rohan rohan weber yeah and remember there was the the boy the what's his name obviously i know this very very well but (laughs) (laughs) but you know she kind of at one point goes yeah i was really upset about this boy that i was in love with but now in hindsight we were children and that was 15 years ago i barely remember his face but i feel like that's a thing that happens a lot in these books where well, these people are hanging on i mean robert's rebellion robert Hello. liana yeah yeah that's you exactly know, what just, that is remember what these people look like this is <laughs> forever like nobody moves on in these universes. well i mean if you would if you think about it too i mean they're still playing the same songs that they were singing in the duncan egg series yeah you know so they just, they can't get over anything. They don't have any new tunes to listen to. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even like now where you sing a song and people are like, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and you're like, oh. oh, you know, I never thought about that. They do That's for all the, you know, accolades that George gets for his world building. They are still kind of living in the same world for hundreds of years well, the same I mean, top 40 for 100 years in yeah, right. yeah. well i mean i think though i mean to be fair um that's i mean we think of change happening like you know rapidly because it does for us um but i mean in a medieval setting i mean you'd go 100 years and things did not change in the same rapid way i guess but I, I do think this is a valid point. Like, I, I think some of this would have, you'd think some of these people would have either moved on or the singers would have, like, I don't know, found some new songs. 
Although, to be fair, I mean, uh, Bale the Bard, also known as Mance, has changed up the Dornishman's wife a little bit here. Yeah, that's I mean, true. He's, he's he did put a on spin it. on it. <laughs> well, I, I, one thing I will say about the way that people dwell is maybe because of the nature of their society and how little you might travel and things, maybe, you know, you would have a limited number of experiences that would mean that you would dwell more on the ones that you'd had. I don't know. Maybe so. Well, and this is also a universe where, you know, 16, a 16 year old is an adult. Yeah. You know, and so it's basically as soon as you hit puberty, you are, especially for the girls, you know, it's like once they, you know, start menstruating, they can get married. They're old enough to have babies in the eyes of this universe. So, I mean, I I can kind of see it where, you know. Well, and I mean, a Barbary, I mean her world would have been drastically, her life would have changed drastically if, I mean, she married Ned or Brandon or whatever. I mean, but I mean, it's not like she's got dozens of men that she would have like met and had experiences with. I mean, well, maybe she has and we just don't know that. But I mean, (laughs) so her being hung up on Brandon, maybe that. It's not like now where, you know, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, you had your high school experiences, but you're going to go off and you're going to be in college and then there'll be a couple of years where you're working and eventually you get married. I mean, you know. That's true. I mean, there wouldn't be as many opportunities. It's it's not like there's there's not like Tinder, you know, and yeah. <laughs> in this universe, you know. It's, well, and it's like not just a lost relationship. It's like lost status, lost yeah. career almost an equivalent mm-hmm. to a career for her. That she missed out on the error to Winterfell, I guess. Two times. <laughs> so how old is she supposed to be? Like, late 30s? I mean, George describes her as just, you know, shriveled up and dying. Well, but... he talks... She's tall and she has... Her hair is graying. Um, I, I think it all... The timeline gets... And I know this because I delved deep when I was writing a fic a long time ago. The timeline with... Um, with uh, what's his name? Domric is really kind of confused. I'm guessing mm. she's like a little, like maybe the same age as Roos. So maybe like in her, f- I mean, I'm assuming she's a contemporary of Ned and Brandon's, right? So I'm guessing she's well, in yeah. her late 30s, early 40s. Late 30s. I mean, she, she's, I think she is described as being the only thing I remember. I mean, she t- calls herself old, but. I think we are told she's, I know she's supposed to be tall and that she has like partially graying hair. Cause I think Theon. I feel like was, wrinkles got thrown in there somewhere too. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, that, I mean that would make sense, but of course I don't Theon's think what she, 20 describing an old. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that. I mean, he's not the most reliable narrator in the world. But I don't think we have, like, a firm age on her. No, I think we can assume, like you said, that she's of an age with Brandon. So he she would be pushing 40, at least. Um, yeah. Give or take. I'm well, doing and, and a quick Google. I don't see anything. She's, she's Bethany's younger sister. Yes, younger sister. She mentions, like... she. I mean, she talks about... Because she talks about um, 
it struck out it stuck out at me because um, she refers to centaurs, which is very much a product of, I believe, Greek mythology. Um, but she talks about Brandon and Liana. So I'm assuming she's a contemporary. Give or take a couple of years. So I'm going with late 30s, early 40s. Your hair, I mean, my hair started going gray when I was in my 20s. Oh yeah, that's that's not reliable. Well, yeah, it's not gray just the gray. The it's not just the gray. Yeah, it's like he's like oh, you know, her eyes are wrinkly and all this blah blah blah. Well, there's no Botox. I mean, they don't have know. SPF here. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and again, like you said, Theon is not exactly. I mean, he's a young man and kind of a dick. Yeah, but I will say one thing that I kept thinking as. Especially just rereading a Theon chapter, like not in the context of the book, and being reminded of all the ways that Ramsay mutilated him in the books, it actually made me really glad that they didn't take it to that extreme on the show. Yeah. Because it's, it, I feel like it left the door open for happiness or you know it, it left so many more doors open because like can you imagine this hobbled toeless fingerless theon going and doing what show theon does eventually you know and kind of rejoining his sister and and all that you know no matter how good or bad he was at it in the show but mm. well and he doesn't have any teeth i mean I, yeah it's just, it's just so brutal well doesn't asha describe him as an old man when she sees oh, him oh yeah yeah well, yeah, there's things like happen. I don't need to see just, you know, portrayed, at least not live action. I really think the only way they're ever going to adapt the show for real is like a cartoon. But And I can't wait for that day. Yes, yeah, me too. When they finally adapt to Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> Sorry. I hear what you're doing there. Yeah. I, I like it. I approve. Um, Anyone else have any thoughts? related to the show i'm sure you all have regular thoughts yeah when when am i gonna get a less like oh my god chapter i would love a <laughs> what where are the fun chapters in a song of ice and fire where are you well, I think <laughs> if i'm i'm looking well i don't know if it's a fun chapter or not but i'm looking the next one you're doing your it's your favorite chapter <laughs> yeah but that doesn't mean it's fun <laughs> Oh, I, you know, again, I apologize. I, I think I was looking at the summary going, oh, yeah, this is that one. And then I'm like, wait, when does that actually happen? I'm like, oh, it's like the last page and a half. And I was <laughs> like, oh, but again, still better than the Veramir one. Yes, anything's better than that chapter. Yeah, that's a low bar, but you are correct. It is much better. <laughs> I thought I was going to enjoy that one because like I was like, oh, I thought it was kind of an interesting chapter. But then listening to you guys talk about it, I was like, oh, no, this is so awful. <laughs> I just wanted mind bleach when we were done with that. Yes. Mess. <laughs> I still love the fact that it was a viewer's choice. <laughs> I'm just like, why do they hate you? They do. <laughs> For us. Um, anyhow, um, on that note, do we have any mail, good or bad? Good question. Good question. <laughs> well, um, okay. We are a totally professional podcast, as you can tell. Um, okay. Uh, I guess please send us some. 
Um, we love getting <laughs> messages, and we promise we'll actually read them next time. Um, and if you'd like to do that, you can email us at close the door and at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com or dot tumblr.com and um, at Twitter, uh, door podcast. Um, please rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and all the places. Um, please consider supporting us on Patreon. You'll get special benefits, or benefits like special episodes. And I think that's it. Profesh to death. Early access to episodes. Early access. Patreon. Um, that, yes. Um, thank you to our panel. And thank you for listening. I'm closing the door. Get out.